Hansels and Scott Gerard, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Time to jump out to the Smart Rain guest line right here on the Zone Sports Network. Smart Rain's state-of-the-art smart irrig- irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how you can save 30 to 50% off your water costs. 877-346-3333. He is the offensive coordinator of BYU, Aaron Roderick, kind enough to join us. Hey, Rod, how are you? Hey, Coach. Hey, guys, how's it going? I'm doing great. Uh, we're doing well. Uh, congratulations on a crazy season, all the successes that have come their, your way. But I'm always kind of curious, as a coordinator, when you know that your head coach is you know, a hot commodity out there and you're starting to think, well, am I going to need to go ahead and maybe look at real estate in some other city? Um, what, what are your emotions like when, when there's conversation about about teams flirting with your coach and then ultimately what it's like when he decides to stay put. Yeah, well, first of all, I, I think uh, the reason why that's happening is just uh, because we have good players who have been playing a lot of good football the last couple of years and winning games. And so uh, that's the reason it's happening. And then and then it, it's part of the business that every year there's a lot of change in this business. And some years you're fortunate enough to be on the side of it where people on your staff are getting opportunities and Every once in a while, you're part of it where you know you're worried about keeping your job, and uh, I've been I've been on both sides of that for sure. And so it's I hate to say you get used to it, but you sort of get used to it, you know. And and uh, but this year, I think it was more serious than ever. Just that you know, there's some obviously there were some teams that really really wanted Kalani, and uh, we're happy that he he decided he wanted to stay here because I think we got a great thing going. Coach Roderick, if you kind of just put into words your time that you've had with BYU over these past few years. What has it been like? How how much have you enjoyed being back at the university that you played for and, and being a coordinator and quarterbacks coach? Yeah, I've loved it. And, you know, I, I came – I took the job with a little bit of trepidation. I wasn't sure if it was the best thing. You know, I was just just – timing the situation just coming back I wasn't sure but at the time I needed a job and I really really love and appreciate Kalani and appreciate the opportunity and then uh you know now looking back on it, it's just been it's been a great move uh from my family from from my career I've had the chance to coach some good quarterbacks uh we've been part of some good offenses with a lot of good coaches and players and and uh, so I've, I've loved every minute of it. Uh, our fans welcome to be back and have treated me treated me great. Um, and uh, the whole university has. So it's it's been a great experience overall. So I look. I, I'm going to give you a chance to brag here. I know you won't do it, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that said yeah, but about last year. It's like yeah, but everybody else was dealing with COVID. Yeah, but they did it without <laughs> playing a good record or a, a good schedule. Yeah, but this and this and this. To be able to put together the record and the success that you guys were able to do this year against this kind of schedule, that, Coach, that's got to be rewarding for you. Yeah, but Cam Rising didn't play quarterback against us. <laughs> <laughs> Some more yeah buts. Yeah buts are going to keep coming. Wow. That, <laughs> that was stuff, impressive. That stuff never ends. So you, you can't worry about it. And I say that. I, I love what the Utes have done this year, by the way. What an awesome job they've done. I'm a big Cam Rising fan, so I wasn't. I was. He's 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 done a heck of a job leading that team, and and uh, he seems like a really fun guy to be around. So 
congrats to them. I was just, but I'm just making the point that those yeah, no, buts, I get you. they never end. They never end, and you can't concern yourself with them. All you can do is just plow forward and win the next game in front of you. And you never know that team you're playing. I mean, who would have known when we played Utah State how good they were going to be by the end of the season? Like, what a great job those guys have done. And at the time, I knew it was a good win. I had respect for those guys. And I knew it was a good win, and I could see on film how hard they were playing and the belief that they had. And now here you are at the end of the year, and you look back on that and go, dang, that was a heck of a win. Those guys are good, you know. And who would have thought a year ago when we barely lost it or we, when we barely beat UTSA, you know. Who's UT, UTSA? You know, when everyone was ticked off that we barely beat them 27-21, and then you look at what they've done this year, and you realize – Hey, you got to respect the game, man. You got to respect that team that's in front of you, and you got to go win that game. And all that other stuff is just nonsense. And that—that's—it's fun. It's fun for football fans. I'm a football fan too, so that's why I get to make a joke like that, and we all get to talk trash to each other and stuff. But you got to respect the game, and you got to win the next one in front of you. And as soon as you start getting concerned about that other stuff, you're gonna—you're gonna slip up. And that's exactly what it is. It's a joke, and and I know people take it the way it's meant to be taken. You know, yeah. Coach, Coach, I was, I was thinking about um, going back to the, the beginning of this season, and you're you lost your quarterback as the number two overall pick in the NFL draft, and you lost a outstanding offensive tackle, and it just felt like there was a real purge of talent from that team that went eleven wins last year. Yeah. And yeah. I know that there were a lot of concerns. I had some concerns. You know, I, I, I did pick the team to do really well this year, but I had some concerns. How concerned were you with the amount of talent that you had lost coming into this season? How concerned were you that you could put together a season like you have? I had a lot of confidence in our team. Um, I, I felt like the kind of season we've had was possible. Um, but you never, you never know for sure when you're losing that many good players and, and you know, you, you don't just replace Brady Christensen easily, or, you know, we lost, uh, Chandon Herring and, and, you know, uh, who else, uh, Tristan Hodge. I mean, those guys had started a lot of games for us on the O-line. And so really I was probably more concerned about that even than losing Zach was just the, the continuity at the O-line and then having a new O-line coach. And so I think the, the most of the credit to our season has to start there with, and then we've we've started four different offensive tackles this year. We've we've played about ten different offensive linemen in big, in big games, different combinations of guys at different positions. We've played three different centers, and um, all of them have stepped up and found a way to get the job done. And can't say enough about Daryl Funk and the job he's done with those guys. He he came in and learned our system and did it our way, but put his own personality on it. And uh, what a great what a great job he's done with those guys. And so I think everything really starts there. Like what a, and then, and then we've just had players step up all year long at every position. And one thing I want to point out is how much better we are as a team right now than we were game one, game two, you know, those early games in the year we're, we're especially on offense. We're so much better on offense now than we were back then. And uh, you know, we, we've improved all year and I'm proud of our players. You know, Keanu Hill was, was a guy who stepped up huge in the first game against Arizona and then barely played for several games because some other guys were coming back and playing ahead of him. And then he was ready when his chance came again. He played huge in the second half of the season for us. And just it's just a there's a long list of guys like that. Uh, Jackson McChesney stepping up last week. I could I could I could go on and on I'm forgetting people, but the number of guys that have stepped up 
and been up to the task this year. That's fun to be a part of that. And um, I think our assistant coaches have done a good job developing those guys. I know you got to be careful how you say this, but because um, I know you can't go into specifics, at least until uh, 48 hours from now. But over the last two years, have you noticed uh, you're getting into more living rooms and you're getting more um, uh, more positive feedback on the road in recruiting than maybe you were a couple of years ago? Yes, it's it's cool. To, it's cool to play at BYU again, right? I mean, that's that doesn't it just kind of feel like that. Like, it's, yeah, I think it's I think uh, that for lack of a better way to say it, you know. And so, yes, that is happening. Uh, there will always be there will always be some limitations on that here. We're always going to, in, in some sense, sort of get who we get in some ways. But I think what we're, what's happening now is there have been some good players in the past who could have fit in here that ended up elsewhere. And um, we're starting to get our share of those guys now. Not, you know, I'm not going to win them all, but we're starting to get our share of those. And, and uh, you know, I think, I think if we can just, just keep getting the, cause it's, it's you know, everyone gets upset about the ones you don't get, but it's more about the ones you do get. You know, if you don't get somebody, you might play against them once a year. You might not play against them at all. But you want to make sure the ones you do get are the right ones, the ones that fit your program, the ones that are willing to sacrifice and play as a team and do all the things we ask. And then now if you can, those guys just happen to be a little more talented and a little taller, a little faster, you know, then you start building a program that can compete at the highest level. So, Coach, I don't want to be overly intrusive, but I've really enjoyed your opening drives all year long. Uh, the way they're called, the way they're orchestrated, and typically the way they're executed, I think the opening drives have been fantastic. I- I've been around different offensive coordinators. Some script, um, some don't script. Some like to have a 10-play drive or a 10-play script. How do you address your opening drives? And, and it, again, I don't want to be intrusive. Yeah, if you don't feel okay. like answering it, don't. We don't uh, we don't stick exactly to a script, but we usually have about a dozen plays that we want to get called early in the game. And um, you know, I've been on some some teams where those those plays might be sort of uh, information gathering type of plays, like hey, let's get in this play and see how they react to it, and then that's going to set up some other plays later. And uh, you know, that sometimes is part of what we do, but we're usually just we're usually just picking 10 or 12 plays that we think are going to give us a chance to score. And we want to go, we want to start fast every game. So that's it. Nothing, nothing too crazy, nothing too secretive. We, we just try to pick what we think are our 10 or 12 best plays in the game plan. And let's, let's call them early and see if we can get ahead of the other team. And uh, it's been good for us in most games this year, especially lately. We, we've, we've had some good first drives and hopefully we can continue to do that. We had a conversation with Blake Anderson, uh, head coach of Utah State, earlier in the show. And you, Utah State, BYU, both playing bowl games coming up on Saturday. And we asked him, and he says, look, it's we're drinking from a fire hose right now, getting ready for a bowl game, getting prepped and ready to go. They played a game just last week while yep. in the middle of recruiting and signing day coming up on Wednesday. What's that? What's this been like for you over this, uh, over this week and, and making sure that you're fully prepared for that game coming up on Saturday? Yeah, we uh, so we didn't play the week that they played. So we had we've had enough time between the USC game and now that I I feel like we're squared away. We gave our players a little bit of time off uh, to get school get caught up on schoolwork, to get healthy, and then we kind of cranked it back up this week. In the middle of the week is when we really got it going more intense, and um, so I think we've had a good balance of 
rest and practice. Our game plan is fully in. It's been in for a couple of days now, so it's kind of fun. You're just repping these plays over and over and over. They get a million reps before before the bowl game, and we're excited to play. And I, and I just want to say that I disagree with any uh, anybody that says that bowl games are meaningless. Every every bowl game I've ever been to was a blast. It's a reward for these players, and uh, they get to play again one more time with their teammates. They get to get on an airplane, go fly to another city that most of them have never been to, spend four or five days together, hanging out together, going to activities together, going to the movie together. My son, who's barely seen me the last four months, is going to be hanging out with Gennaro Guilford's son, who they're, they're best buddies. They'll be running around the hotel, playing Xbox and swimming in the pool. And I mean, this is this is this is great. I, I love it, and I can't wait to go play. And I hope we play well and put on a good show for everybody. Well, you've got uh, you've got a team in front of you that I think is going to present some issues defensively. I think that they get a nice rush on a quarterback, and yeah. they've got a they've got a guy off the edge, Alex Wright, who's got seven sacks and. They'll play him as a walked-up linebacker. They'll play him as a traditional DN. They kind of do a lot of different things with him. Give us some of your thoughts about this defense you're about to face and what you expect your offense to do in, in rising to that occasion. Yeah, so we don't hear a lot about UAB out here, but, um, man, you don't have to watch them very long to recognize that they have power five-looking players. I mean, they're, the body types, the, the size and uh, speed and strength of these guys is, I mean, there's no – their whole D-line, they're all tall, 6'4 to 6'6 guys. Their corners are 6'1 and 6'2. Their safeties are 6'1 and 6'2. Backers, the middle line, middle linebacker's like 6'2, 250, and he's huge. These yeah. guys are big and physical, and they fly around. They're the best defense in Conference USA. And, uh, you know, they've got some transfers, a couple of LSU transfers and some other guys, and they're, they're good. And uh, – one thing I've liked about our team all year is we've, our, our theme of the year on offense has been respect the game and respect the opponent and be ready to play no matter who it is. And I feel like we've done that every week. Uh, you know, I think the Boise week was a little bit of a hiccup for us, but even the, you know, the Baylor game, we didn't win that game, but we were ready to play and we lost a good team that day. And all year long, we've been saying treat every opponent the same. And I sounds boring and stuff, but that's the way you, you got to treat them. And I think, I think these guys are good. They play really good defense. And they, the other thing that's unique about this game is their offense is the fifth slowest pace offense in college football. So that means it's going to be a short game snaps wise. Like they, they eat the clock. They try to stay on the field and they try to keep the ball away from the other team's offense. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be prepared mentally for the fact that there can be some long droughts between possessions in this game. And we got to make the most of those possessions. It's similar to playing an option team or, you know, one of the military academies because these guys play very, very slow and they use the whole play clock almost every, almost every play. Do you feel like there's any surprises coming up on Wednesday one way or another, or do you feel pretty confident you know who's locked in and, and who's going to be your class coming up on Wednesday? Uh, I think we know pretty well. Yeah, I, I think we know pretty well. There might be, there might be one, one guy that I can think of that, uh, could go either way i think i think there's only one that i know of um i might be forgetting someone but i think everybody else is pretty well locked in and we, we feel pretty confident about what they're going to do is the majority of is the majority of your signing gonna gonna take place on wednesday uh that um 
No, we still have a few. We'll we'll have some more. Yeah, we'll have some more. Okay. I, I don't know exactly what the numbers are. I don't have them in front of me, but we'll have some more. We've got room to we've got room to make some other moves when the time comes. Gotcha. Hey, hey, Coach Roderick, when when uh, head coaches sign extensions, what does that typically mean for assistant staff? Is that is that like a a wait and see thing? Is that like your contracts get renegotiated? How do, what does it mean typically when we see a head coach get extended? Well, I think it varies from place to place, and it's specific to every situation. It can be different. Uh, here, my understanding is there's going to be some changes here, uh, Im- improvements, I guess would be the better way of saying it. Um, I don't know exactly what that what that means for the rest of us yet, but we all have a lot of confidence. I think Tom Homo has proven to me in the time I've been here that he is all about being great, at, and he wants to take this program to a higher level, and he's – He's always proven that to me in his actions. And, and uh, so right now my conf- I have a lot of confidence that those things are coming, and, and I'm just worried about winning this game. And if, if you know, if BYU does things to keep me around, then I'd love to be here. But um, Kalani was the most important part of the piece because, you know, it wasn't ever for Kalani. It wasn't ever about how much money he makes. It was just about this place operating the way you need to operate from A to Z to win in the big 12 and we had the unique experience of being at utah when we went from the mountain west to the pac 12 and we learned a lot about that process and learned learned a ton uh that i think will apply to this situation and and uh i think kalani's been trying to convey those thoughts to the university and they've they've committed that we're going to make make a lot of those things happen and so uh you know i don't know all the details i haven't read the fine print or anything like that but you know i know that kalani was that was that was the gist of what was going on, and and uh, I'm excited, really, really excited for the future. Good. Well, Coach, we appreciate it. it means a lot that you uh, made some time for us this Absolutely. week. I know you're crazy busy, but thanks for uh, thanks for making it happen. We owe you. Yeah, it's fun talking to you guys. Thanks, Coach. Aaron Roderick, right here on 97.5, 1280, the Zone and the Zone Sports Network.